On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we talk a little bit about just about everything. Well, NBA, MLB, and some NFL. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? And welcome to the latest edition of Senior Quotes Live. I'm Aiden Braddock, joined as always by Jack Coleman. Jack, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just a little, little drained. It's it's that time of year. Well, it's yeah. Got I some mean, stuff, but I'm ready. I'm ready for this episode. I've been fully com- ready and engaged. Yeah, I've been complaining about my three essays I have due this week. Um, you've been mine's on the tail end of tests. Like yeah, a lot of tests. So, so we're definitely uh, feeling the burn there a little bit, but. In, in the meantime, I mean, what's a better way to get a break, uh, not only as us as hosts, but if you guys are going through the same kind of stuff right now, what's a better way to get a break than listening to the Senior Quotes podcast? So we are here one day after the March Madness final went down last night. Virginia beat Texas Tech. We'll definitely get into that. Um, the topic I wanted to kick off the show with, kind of random, but I just saw it on Twitter and didn't have a quote for it because I didn't think it was that big. Mm. Chris Mullen resigns yeah, as head that. coach of St. John's. What did you think about that? Because he's a he's a friend of the show, <laughs> or we're friends of him <laughs> at the show. But yeah, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what his plan is going forward. I don't necessarily know if um, you know he's looking at some other maybe more high profile coaching jobs. I mean, he was able to get St. John's into the tournament as, as a playing game, but. You know, I don't know if he's maybe going to try and make a run at an NBA coach or an assistant coach somewhere, or if he's just kind of retiring. I don't, I don't really know. But I really enjoyed his run with St. John's, and I loved Chris Mullen as a player too. So that was pretty cool. But you know, sad to see him go. Yeah, totally. So, um, I mean, I don't have too much more to add other than I, I'm really interested to see if he's done with coaching or if there's another job elsewhere that he's going to take. And also, we're fans of St. John, so it'd be cool to see who uh, fills in for him. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Probably won't be a quote when it happens, but nevertheless, wanted to kick it off with that. Did you have any topics uh, to talk about that aren't in your quotes before um, we start? I know that Kyle Korver had had like a little... Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, I um, didn't really get a chance to read it fully. But... I did read it when I should have been reading perspectives or listening to uh, the perspectives lecture yesterday, but it was awesome. Um just talking about equality and uh, his re- initial reaction to when Russell Westbrook was heckled by a racist fan in Oklahoma City, or, or it was in Utah, actually, um, against the Thunder. But either way, just responding to that and how, um, as a white basketball player in a predominantly colored league, is how he referred to it, um, which is kind of not PC, and I'm not one to be a big PC guy, but I guess he was saying like more than just African-American. Um but he, he's in the minority within the league, but has to recognize his white privilege or whatever, and about listening um, to others when they feel stereotyped. Or I, it, it was a good, I don't, I don't want to mess up what he was saying because the message was awesome and reading it, and it felt very honest. Um, it could have definitely come off as forced if it was someone else maybe, but with Corver, it, it really did feel honest, and I do believe he's a genuinely good guy. So... It, it was a good read. I, I definitely recommend anyone reads it. It's the Players Tribune, which is uh, Derek Jeter's website. Um, yeah, very and, cool website. I mean, like, and I feel like the NBA is always ahead of 
other leagues in terms of talking about certain things. Like when it comes to racism, we see the Kyle Korver article. When it came to uh, mental health, we saw Kevin Love speaking out. Someone else, too. There was another player. I was going to say, no, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, yeah. too. So really good that they do that. I, I think this is half of the problem with, you know, a lot of the stuff that goes down in the NFL. You, you know, you never really get to hear players speak their mind or anything from from that end. And, you know, even white players in the NFL are not as vocal or even owners are as vocal mm. um, with, you know, their fellow teammates or, or players that they coach or, or play with. So... This is a really good look, and I, I've always been a huge Kyle Korver guy. I, I think he's a really good stand-up guy, so that was a great letter of tribute that he did. Yes, it was. So, um, one more plug for that. Definitely read it if um, you have the time. So, yeah, good, good ways to uh, kick off the little pre-show here. And um, why don't we dive into the quotes? So, I'll have two baseball and one basketball tonight uh all pro sports so nba and mlb um i believe you have an ncaa and what else you got sorry for that (laughs) um i have ncaa i mean clearly i'm going to be bringing up the final from last night and then also nfl and nba oh so we're covering pretty much everything yeah awesome okay i would like to kick off the nba talk um with my first quote uh So let me know who said it and who it's about. Kind of a long quote. I should have cut it down, but all right. It's another star on his resume. He's more than just a scorer. He's more than just an elite passer. You're a winner. To me, you make the playoffs. You put that on your label on your locker. It's so hard to make the playoffs. We were so far away these past two years. To make this big jump, that was really unexpected. That makes it all the more sweet. Um, It's probably about D'Angelo Russell because they made the playoffs. Um, and then I don't know, maybe their coach. I, I always forget who he is. I'll, I'll, uh, for being a Knicks fan, I will give you a full point for that. It's Coach Kenny Atkinson yeah. about D'Angelo Russell. I, actually, I didn't know it was Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, I always just like draw a blank on his first name. <laughs> I'm like oh. Coach Atkinson. Yeah. Um. So yes, my my uh, big story of the day is that D'Angelo Russell and the Brooklyn Nets are in the playoffs three years since their last appearance i believe i think it's only a three-year drought which is insane considering this is i maybe it's three years after sean marks was hired but i actually think the number is 2015 so it'd be four years i was um, gonna say they missed it feels like four yeah i mean we used to have darren williams and joe johnson and then paul pierce and kevin garnett for a little bit and that was the core and brooke lopez as well but now i mean we have a young core who somehow defied all odds and brought uh the brooklyn nets back to the playoffs no one people thought the rebuild would be starting now because the nets did not have their first round pick until this year so people thought oh maybe they'll win the lottery maybe they'll have the number one pick this year maybe they'll get it going like a normal rebuild works but somehow shaw marks was able to take on bad contracts and bring in these players that were overlooked by other teams such as spencer dinwiddie joe harris even d'angelo russell and then the picks he made with Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, uh, Rodians Kuruks this year in the second round. He just knew where to look. And this is the impressive GM work that we talk about all the time, where you're able to see gems at the picks that you have and make the most of the value you have. So congratulations to my Brooklyn Nets. Uh, how do you feel about this team? What do you uh, expect from them in the future, maybe? Or yeah. what's your take? Um. I'm, like, conflicted because, like, I do think that their core is pretty good going into the playoffs. 
Um, I don't necessarily know if they'll win past this first round. Where, where would they? Uh, where would they be playing? First my, of all, my expectations are not high at all for how they do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's more of just the the sentiment that they made the playoffs so quickly. But as of right now, if they win their last game, they play the Sixers, which in my opinion That's is a tough. bad matchup for them. But they yeah. went two and two against them. I'm just worried about Embiid. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I think that you guys could take the Bucks. My my favorite matchup for you guys is actually the Bucks, which is wild. The Bucks have been the one I team just, that like kills the Nets. I know, but I think that in a seven game series, the Bucks aren't good enough. Mm. I think you guys can push that to six or seven games. I think other teams is just like are much deeper. Yeah, and that's where you'll str- where it struggles. But like. The Nets, I think, are somewhat deeper than the Bucks. I really don't believe in the Bucks like bench. Like I don't think they're that great. I agree, but at the same time, uh, w- having watched the Bucks play the Nets twice in very meaningful games for Brooklyn, George Hill comes off the bench, and I thought he was done. I think he was picked up midseason. The dude just remembered how to shoot, and he is killer yeah. when Eric Bledsoe comes out, and Bledsoe's been amazing. I'm actually so scared of the Bucks, and luckily for me, the Nets mathematically cannot get the eight seed anymore. Uh, sorry about the mic there. Anyone listening live? Um, because they have tiebreakers over all the other teams that are competing for the seven and eight. So if they lose and the Magic win their final game, that's the only way they can move out of the six. They play the Raptors, which I and I kind of don't like the Raptors. I don't like having to play the Raptors right. this playoffs. But I just think Kawhi is going to be. I think Kawhi is going to come in with just a completely different motivation. So. I agree with you, but at the same time, I think I might prefer the Raptors over the Sixers, even though the Nets have had more success. I think they might have split uh, the season series against both, actually. Um, But it's like, would you rather play Kawhi, who we can cover, even though he's so good, or would you rather play Joel Embiid, and there's just no center on this team, even Jared Allen, who can really take him down? Um, That's how I see it. Also, with the Sixers, though, you can get in their head pretty easily. And I feel like in a seven-game series, like if you can work them every given night, then you'll probably win a couple, and then can maybe force that to go farther and try and win it out from under them. But I, I think that core group for the Sixers is definitely better. But there's a chance that if you play well enough, you can get in their heads enough and get them out of sync. Yeah, I mean, I agree because with that. that's something that won't happen with this Nets team is that they won't really be out of sync. Like ev- everyone is so. That's the reason why this team is good is because their chemistry is through the roof. Yes, uh, I totally agree. It's it's an atmosphere that you don't really see elsewhere, um, and it it comes from veterans like Jared Dudley, who we both have plugged to take over BC basketball as a coach. You know, once he finally hangs up the uh, the shoes, I guess. Uh, but he just is something else on the bench as a player coach, and there's guys like that who have really brought this team there. Um, and that's the part of the reason why I've seen so many people say if there's one upset out of the East this year, it's going to be the Nets against whoever they play. So either way, I'm expecting a close series, but I'm expecting them to lose. And, I mean, it's only up from here because I didn't, at the beginning of the season, expect them to come near the playoffs. So... It's just great for them as overachievers, potentially cementing themselves as a spot for somebody to come in free agency. Maybe not the big names like KD or Kyrie um, or even Kawhi, but just somebody, you know, and that's all they need. But we'll see. I, I think, if anything, D'Angelo Russell is locked up in max contract from the Nets. Yeah. And Sean Marks, I believe, was the one interviewed about this. It could have been Kenny um, Atkinson. 
But one of the two was asked just about his impending free agency, and they said, we believe it's very important to develop our talent, you know, or something like that, which is, I, it definitely was Sean Marks, because everyone compared it to the Spurs and how they kept the same core for 15 years. Yeah. So it's really going to be interesting to see. No, I, that was another thing I wanted to talk about, was besides the playoffs, like, looking forward, like, I definitely think D'Angelo Russell deserves the money and needs to be kept at all costs. Um, but then after that, anyone else, like, you just can't be giving out too much or try and lose some of these guys to other teams. Like, it, it, everything needs to work out well where everyone is getting paid reasonably what they should and not overrated charges um, mm-hmm. on guys. D'Angelo Russell obviously deserves it. Yeah. And I do like the way D'Angelo Russell has developed into – Having like that Brooklyn mentality, I think he fully has it now, and I've seen outside stuff with him, and I think that he's fully got it. And it's hard, and like I, Knicks Nets is sort of a rivalry, but like I can't really not like D'Angelo Russell because he's like that because that Brooklyn mentality is basically a New York mentality, mm-hmm. and like it's kind of the same thing. Um, in terms of free agents, I think that's the main thing in this playoffs is that you guys need to look good like you can't get swept first mm-hmm. round but like you guys need to look somewhat decent in order to pull someone in so what even like a clay thompson i think would be a really cool addition to the nets i think that's re- like realistic too it i would, think he could go it would be realistic but you could argue joe harris is playing that role just yeah, as and well right the now. other thing is i don't know if the warriors are gonna because it sounds evident that duran is probably leaving yeah. and i they're going to give a max contract to whoever doesn't. So Durant leaves, Clay Thompson's getting it. Right. And I doubt he'd leave. And I honestly, I think that's going to make the Warriors stronger. I think Durant is a star player and everything, but like they have won without him before. Mm-hmm. And I think that they can again. So someone pointed out that Boogie Cousins would be a really interesting yeah. addition to the Nets because the, the Warriors can't afford he's, him. He's got a bit of Brooklyn mentality. He does, too. but he also can maybe be disruptive to the chemistry. You know, you have to look at it from both sides. He definitely has that grit, but he also has just a tendency to get technicals and really, I, I don't know. That's true. It's aggression versus grit. But you know, I don't think difference. it's as big of a problem when it's a center. I think because centers don't necessarily have to be that like vocal leader of a team. It had like that's your point guard or yeah. like your superstar who tends to be a small forward, yeah. power forward. Center is like no pun intended, centerpiece of the offense, but like it doesn't need to run through him. There shouldn't be problems. It, it comes from guys like a Jimmy Butler or right, you know. A, Jimmy is, like, the one I don't want, and I feel like you feel the same I way. I do not want Jimmy Butler. I don't think we're going to go for Jimmy No, Butler. the Knicks wouldn't. The Nets, I feel like, could, you know, even yeah. though they have so many wings, and it just scares me a bit because he is a quality player. He's taking – or he's part of the reason that the Sixers are going to the playoffs. But What about some movement – and to try and get Devin Booker for you guys. It would be that, amazing. Yeah. I, I would really like that. I, I think, honestly, that would be your best move. It's it, it, I just it, don't know how it would work out. The Suns are kind of in a Knicks position right now where they have... Well, actually, I would argue a better than Knicks situation. They might not have the cap space the Knicks have, but they have an incredible young core already with DeAndre Ayton, Booker, and I know I'm forgetting like a third massive piece they have. I don't know where it is. But then they have the number two pick, which might be what I'm thinking. You know, not even number two pick. They could have the number one. You know, the lottery hasn't happened yet. But I'm just kind of slotting them in to be the team that gets John Morant this year. Mm. And I'm just thinking, like, that is a incredible young core. 
and I can't see the Suns moving on from Booker in the middle of it. You yeah. know what I mean? And plus, he's a restricted free agent, so just like D'Angelo, yeah. if he's offered a big deal, it'll probably be matched. I would love it, though. You yeah. know, I don't think a trade could really happen for him right now, but that kind of elite scoring, uh, Russell can take over a game, but he also can pass so well. So I feel like that would be a dynamic one-two punch. Might need, like, Joe Harris or Dinwiddie to leave to make that work, though. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, my one plug would be like a Tobias Harris, Julius Randle kind of guy. Yeah. Because we need a four. You know, Karuk should be playing off the bench at the three. Instead, he's been a stretch four a lot this year. And a lot of the times, we don't even have a true big man on the court when Jared Allen has to take a breather. So we need some depth at the four or the five. And I think Tobias Harris would be the ideal signing that's realistic. You know, Kawhi was, is the ideal signing that's kind of unrealistic. But Tobias Harris is the stretch four that can shoot, fits right into that system, and has the grit as well, in my opinion. This has been my... I mean, it's, it's not even that much of a hot take anymore, but I actually think that the Lakers get no one this summer. Oh, I agree. I totally Which agree. Which is such a loss. I don't think people want to play LeBron anymore. Excuse me. With LeBron anymore. I could see maybe, like, Kemba. AD? Kemba. Kemba? Mm, but then, like, you're giving up on Lonzo? Or what are you doing there? I think, can't play Lonzo I think Lonzo, Kemba. it might be moving on from the Lakers yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. After moving on from basically big baller brand. Yeah. Even though he just moved from I, the agency. I think he might be moving on soon. And we don't know what's going to happen with LaMelo Ball, too. And also, LeVar was saying he only wants Lonzo to sign with an agent after he before he had signed with someone <laughs> who could guarantee that Lonzo, Jello, and... <laughs> Uh, LaMelo would all be on the same team. That's so dumb. Which dude. is stupid. But. Yeah. Well, whatever. Let him be delusional. Yeah, the uh, Lakers are just bad. It's a dumpster it's, fire it's, over there. Yeah, for real. All right, well, that, that sums up our NBA talk from my side. But let's uh, maybe get into now. yours. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, there's, like, a lot of... There's a lot of potentiality for this <laughs> this quote. So, I don't know what's harder. Like, who said it is somewhat difficult, but, like, reasonable. But also, it's two player comparisons, and then also you need to guess who it is. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so, so I'll okay. I'll throw the player comparisons out there for you, then. You won't have to guess that. Okay. All right, here we go. There's times when he looks like Shaq out there. There's times when he looks like Charles Barkley out there. Okay. Um, all right. So, is the person who's saying this like an on-air personality, or is no. he linked to the player? No. 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 There's times when it looks like Shaq. There's times when it looks like Charles Barkley. Guess who the player is first. Okay. Because the person who said it is nearly impossible without knowing uh-huh. who first the player uh-huh. is. Because I'll throw in a hint. I don't know why. I'm assuming he's a big man and like a relevant one right now i i'm stumped i and probably like the most relevant most relevant right now um i'm not sure honestly <laughs> yeah just think of those player comparisons Shaq and barkley like yeah. that's just making me think of tnt it's not really making me think of a player their play styles no, it's like making me think like Zion. But, yeah. Oh, I was thinking of a current NBA player. No. Okay, Zion. College is over. It's all officially. Oh, that's NBA true. Now. Okay, so Zion, 
And okay, so yeah, this is the part that I need to help you out on. Yeah, okay. So the person who okay. said it is a former Duke player. Okay. Um. Hmm. Interesting. He's commenting on this. I I'm gonna go like. No, it's so off the grid. Shane Battier. <laughs> no, it's actually Christian Leitner. Christian Leitner, no way. Yeah. I mean, he was in my head. But... I was just, like, really excited that he said something about Zion. But um, Okay, so but somehow yeah. I even got a half point there. I was so thrown by that, but you're right. It is Zion counts as an NBA player it's officially now. NBA time. I mean, he's not in the league just yet, but he's no longer a Duke player. Yep. That, that season's over. Uh, we will get to the college uh, championship later. But yeah, I guess let's talk Zion and what? What do well, you want to say? About I want to talk about it because the Knicks officially locked in the first pick in the draft. Well, not officially locked in, but finished with the worst record. Have the highest odds. Have the highest odds. So yeah. what is it? I think it's like a 15, 14% chance. I would like to say it's like somewhere between like 16 and 18. They, they redesigned it so that it's like the top four, uh, you know, have a chance at the number one or something. Mm. Or, or, or no, excuse me. It used to be that if you were, like, number one, number two, or number three, yeah, that you couldn't fall out of the top three or something like that. I'm trying to remember exactly. Basically, last year, if the Knicks had the top odds, they couldn't fall out of the top four. Now it's top five because four other teams could theoretically yeah. hop over them. So they're guaranteed a top five pick, yeah. basically. Which and pretty much in this draft is still very good because... Odds-wise, they're guaranteed like a top two. That's how I see it. Yeah, and two or I'm three. totally fine with top three at any rate because it's Zion, John Morant, or R.J. Barrett. All are fantastic players, I think. All I think will be very good in the NBA as well. Uh-huh. So, like, I'm thinking this is, like, one of those draft class years where, like, we look back at those three. Right, kind of like, like, like the, the What was, like, the Kevin Durant year? Oh. I feel like that was a good oh. year, too. Is that 08? That's right before Steph. Was that like KD and... LaMarcus Aldridge, but I can't remember. Was the Griffin in that year? No, he's 2010. 2010. <laughs> uh, so, Griffin had a good year. I, I, what, the one that comes to mind with me would be like LeBron, yeah, the, D-Wade, Le, Chris Bosh, Carmelo. Carmelo. Yeah, that's yeah. like the main one. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about this because as of right now, Knicks basically have the best chance at Zion. Mm-hmm. And... And these fans are already yeah. treating it like they have Zion. I mean, I, to be honest, I think that there is a greater chance of us getting Kevin Durant than Zion. If I'm weighing the actual... Well, yeah. Like, Just because mathematically... Yeah, mathematically, yeah. there's probably a greater chance. So the NBA players poll came out recently. I've been talking about this a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And 65% of players in the NBA believe that Kevin Durant is going to New York. Um, this is after other things have come up, such as you know, videos of him and Kyrie during All-Star Weekend and you can see them mouthing out two max <laughs> contracts and, like, that is New York. We do have that. And I've seen stuff on Twitter. Actually, Nesson, this is coming from Ooh. New England Sports Network today, tweeted out, is it better for Kyrie to join LeBron James on the Lakers or Kevin Durant on the Knicks? Already assuming that Kevin Durant is going wow. to the Knicks. Damn. So... In any case, I also saw that Kevin Durant, his contingency is that he will go to the Knicks if another star joins him. And honestly, that's not like that difficult to get done if you're, you know, uh, who am I blanking on? Scott mm-hmm. Perry? Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he's talking with... 
Kyrie or Kawhi or anyone because most players are probably going to have a meeting with the Knicks at the least, even if they're not going. There's probably going to be a meeting that they'll be able to get for them. And, you know, your selling point is like, hey, Kevin Durant is in if you are. We maybe have Zion, if not another top draft talent like RJ or Ja. Mm -hmm. And we have a great youthful core in Knox, Trier, Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr. That's a good start around a guy. And if you have a veteran star like KD or Kyrie, that's a good core to have. It's not like a, you know, sort of established core like the Lakers had with LeBron, and LeBron is a bit too old. But no, it's like this is a play a star in his prime, like just at it, and you're getting a core that like hasn't proven anything yet. So anyone can move around. It's not officially set like this is our team. And I think that Katie Kyrie is I, I tried to tell myself for a while not to overhype it <laughs> and to be realistic. Uh-huh. But the closer and closer it gets, like it starts to seem more realistic than I had actually anticipated and i think it very much could happen i mean yeah it very much could happen i'm not going to deny that even as a nets fan i just also think it's funny a bit you know that you can't go into the offseason expecting you already have katie so and you can't go into the offseason expecting you already have zion i i agree with that and I, i mean zion for sure i i don't you know i'm not gonna hold my breath on that one but because the knicks have terrible luck too let's not forget that they but, also have rigged the lottery before. Yes. <laughs> so that's, I would love for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, I didn't say to do it, but do it. <laughs> but no, um, in terms of Durant, like there were articles online, multiple, that stated that LeBron to the Knicks, or excuse me, Durant to the Knicks is essentially the same as like LeBron to the Lakers, like how LeBron had already decided that. Uh, like that's what where Kevin Durant is at. Because Kevin Durant's manager has close ties to the Knicks organization, has talked about wanting a position in that organization as mm-hmm. well. He has very close friends within the city as well. And, I mean, if he literally, if he takes this team just to, let's say, the Eastern Conference Finals, not even the, the Finals, like, he becomes the man of New York City immediately. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And uh, Knicks fans have been on such a playoff drought that any kind of appearance like that would be huge. Um, at, at the same time, though, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I don't know if he fits New York. We've talked about this in the past. And then we've also not really touched on it, but kind of, and I've read a lot this week, where a lot of the KD rumors have just said New York. You know, and people have drawn yeah. them out to mean the Knicks. Someone said, and I'm not going to get my hopes up because I think it's so much more realistic he does go to the Knicks, but what if he goes to the Nets? You know, like, what if he and, just wants to play in New York? And I mean, that could be it, but also likes, the, I guess. the Nets had the worst, and this is true, uh, the worst home attendance this year in the Crazy. league. Crazy. And the Knicks literally night after clinching the worst record, it was a packed garden. Like, that's, there's a that difference. is the garden for you. Like, now, but what do you want? Like, uh, and now we're going to get into like a two different perspectives completely. Yeah. You know, you have one team with, in my opinion, diehard fans on Twitter and, and just online, but don't get out to the games. And Brooklyn, this is kind of something I've read about in the past as well, is just, it's, it's a town of millennials, you know, mm-hmm. within New York City. Yeah. Guys that, people that can't afford tickets to games all that often, even if. Barclays Center tickets are cheaper than the Garden. Mm. But even still, 
do you want to play for a team with diehard fans, but they're not winning yet? Even if you're a good enough player that you can take them to the playoffs alone. You know, how much further can you get, etc.? Or do you want to go to a team with a young core in place that has gotten to the playoffs, and you're going to bring fans? If Kevin Durant like goes to either team, he's just going to bring fans with him. But even still, you're right. Do you want to play in front of a much smaller crowd? But the games that I've been to, it's loud. You know, so it might be different from MSG, but it's loud there. My thing on it is that Kevin Durant wants the situation where he is the man. Totally. And I think he could be on And but. yes, I think D'Angelo Russell is a great star. And, you know, obviously Durant anywhere is going to be good. But at the same time, to take a team from the worst record and then making the playoffs, making the Eastern Conference Finals, even the finals the next year, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen if he comes. But at least the playoffs the very next year, he becomes the man yeah. in all of New York. After well, he has not <laughs> been the man in Golden State in his past championships. No, I agree with that. I totally agree He will that. never be loved like Steph Curry. He will never be loved like Klay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Even Draymond Green, I put above him in terms of fan love. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And I just want him, and I think this is what he wants, is to be that guy. He hasn't been that guy. He had to share that with Russell Westbrook in OKC. He comes to the Knicks, and this is his town, his team, and that is a very special thing. It, people are saying if Kevin Durant comes, it's going to be the equivalent of New York hype back when Patrick Ewing was on the Knicks. Like, it is going to be, he is going to be one of the faces of the town. Put him up there next to Judge and Saquon. Hopefully behind Judge and maybe Saquon. I mean, he'd probably he go has, above Saquon in but terms he, that's of... That's why I was kind of hesitant at first, because you can't surpass Aaron Judge. Well, no, not just at all. Yet, I love Judge. But, or at all. But, but Kevin Durant is the type of name where he would go above Saquon Barkley. Yes, totally. Actually, I don't even know. Saquon's like kind of the best running back in all but of the NFL right now. I he's up there, and I, I think I put him he's first, top three for me. I saw mock drafts for next year's fantasy, and, and he's, he's going be, first pick. Totally. Well, yeah, because he's better than Le'Veon, and we have no receivers. Yeah. So no, but what I was gonna say is, if KD's on a winning team in New York, and Saquon's on a losing team. No matter how much that Saquon's trying to carry the team, I'll give KD definitely the, the 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 more star power. You know. Also, I think Kevin Durant on the Knicks and his word is enough, and it's worth it dealing with the media. I think is enough to get James Dolan out. He wouldn't want to sell the team, obviously, when you have but Kevin you're Durant. Signing with Kevin Durant, you're signing with James Dolan. That's yeah, why. No, I'm that's so the thing. I think Kevin Durant is going to sign regardless. Huh. But in a given amount of time, you Dolan... Think a player can force out the owner? I think he can. Because right, there, are, there, are, there are enough people who do not like Dolan yeah. and have the city behind him. Totally. And clearly the coaching and the GMs are going aside with him as well. Mm. And all the other players on the team. Well, who's the one paying, you know... I mean, it's fair, bills. but who's the, there's yeah. also a lot of Knicks That's fans right. who are willing to <laughs> join together, like... Probably like a Spike Lee. There's someone else I've read uh, about Charles, recently. Whatever Charles Oakley. Yeah, yeah, who would come together to form a super group and buy him out? I think it would happen. Be pretty cool. Um, but that might be a little hot right now. It's a hot, but I think it's just like I don't think James Dolan is a major concern if you're Kevin Durant side. Right. Uh, I I disagree. I think there is a partial Dolan effect, and why would you want to play for that ownership and a team who? Oh, that's gonna be loud. Hey, did you make it? Yeah. All right, he, he, yeah, there you go. Um, 
I, I don't know. Just to sum up my point of view on that, I if I'm a player, I'd rather sign you know, with a promising team with good ownership. I'm not necessarily saying that's Brooklyn. I'm saying it could be the Clippers. I'm saying it's the Kings, maybe, if they have a max slot. It's teams like that. If you're, if, if you're a team with the star of college basketball, have a fantastic star next to you, and are probably the best player in the NBA currently, debatable because of Giannis, but, mm. you know, Kevin Durant is that guy right now. And, you know, if you're winning, owners can't say anything to you. You are bringing in the money. What you say goes. But then he won't sell the team because he's bringing that money in. So, at the least, we get James Dolan to shut up. Yeah. And there are enough good guys in the organization, like Coach Fisdale. I really like Coach Fisdale a lot. Yes, I do. He builds a great team camaraderie. And then also, Scott Perry's a great GM. I think he's awesome. He found some true gems in the draft. So, mm. I think, and he hired Coach Fisdale. So, yeah. I, I think that there's enough intermediaries where it's not a huge deal. Okay. I'm just, we have a lot of other topics to get to, so we're going to get to that. But to sum this up, all this NBA talk, I think we're both very excited for the Nets-Knicks rivalry to finally mean something. Mm. You know, especially next year if both teams are putting out playoff contenders. It solely, probably will. Yeah, solely based on the cap they have and the players they already have. So, excited for that, you know. But it's time to get to baseball, and I have two quotes. One's a positive one, one's a negative one. You can pick your poison. Um, let's go negative first. Negative first. Okay. Uh, you're not going to know who said this, but you can kind of like guess what his role is okay. and then who it's about. Okay. He hit three balls on, on the nose, so I'm taking that as a positive moving forward. Hopefully, it's a good start. This was... Recent, um, very much talked about. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking because it was three Gary Sanchez three home runs. But that I'm gonna give you just a second chance. That would be a positive though. This is oh, this is a negative. This is a negative. All right, all right. right. So he hit three balls in the nose. So I'm taking that as a positive moving forward. Hopefully, it's a good start. How is this negative? Because none of those balls were hit. Okay. Big story this week. An MLB record was broken, and not one you want to have. I, I definitely have heard something. I remember like hearing something, but I just didn't pay attention to whatever it was. Um, I'll name the record, and for a half point, you can get the player. Okay. This player has gone 0 for 49. In his last 49 at-bats, yeah, setting I knew, a record-setting I streak. I knew the number was 40. I was going to say 48, but yeah. I heard 49 somewhere. 49 straight at-bats without a hit. I know I heard this. Former Yankee killer, Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I'm drunk. Chris right. Davis. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I did not look at the name, but I like had seen that stat line. That's okay. That's an yeah, no worries. Um, but I do want to talk about this one. And we can maybe... No, let's not even wrap Yankees into it. Let's kind of go quickly through our remaining topics. Um, yeah, and, and who said it was Brandon Hyde, who's the manager of the Orioles right now. And this is totally true. In the game where he was unable to get a hit and broke the record for most at-bats without a hit ever, which I believe Mr. Noonan tweeted saying, hey, finally a uh, MLB record I could break. <laughs> yeah, I, that's yeah. probably where I saw um, it. I remember seeing that. Yeah, so... Uh, Brandon Hyde, the manager, is just looking on the bright side and saying, 
you know, he hit three balls very well. I don't think Chris Davis struck out this game. Maybe he did once. Uh, it seems like he's on a streak of that as well. But he's hitting the ball well and just can't find his spots. And then when he's not hitting it, he's whiffing terribly. Um, so it's, it's tough to see right now. And we're hoping, even as a Yankee fan, I'm hoping that Chris Davis gets back on track. This dude is owed $92 million still on his contract from the Orioles. And it just, he's the least valuable player in the league right now. So this is worse than the NBA in terms of bad contracts. You have your Timothy Mozgovs and stuff like that. But Chris Davis is costing you wins. And you just, because of the MLB rules, it's completely guaranteed. You can't just get rid of him. If you release him, you're pretty much paying it up all up front, excuse me, or you can do the Bobby Benilla stuff where he gets paid by the Mets a million dollars every year to like 2035. Huge Bobby Benilla. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dave. Oh, it's in July sometime. Yeah, it always pops up. Yeah, it's funny. But it's it's just I don't know. He um is 0 for 49, and like I'm laughing, but I feel terrible because this is just something unforeseen. A dude who deserved the contract arguably when he got it. But now MLB teams are so skeptical to give a contract like this because of how quickly players can fall off. So I, I don't know. I, I saw firsthand Chris Davis whiffing at balls in the dirt against the Yankees, um, and it helped us out there. But I would like to see the return of Crush Davis. I mean, we have Chris Davis with a K on Oakland who's hitting really well right now. Um, but as for Chris Davis with a C in Baltimore, it's just not so much. So... I don't think anyone has him on his fantasy team there, but uh, you got the win in fantasy over me this week um, in our first week of fantasy baseball. Uh, don't think we can really wrap it into my other... Oh, no, we totally can. So I'll save that for later, but let's get to your next quote, and then we'll come back to MLB in a bit. Um, I guess I'll just do some NFL. Yeah, I sure. In a while. Okay. Uh, blank was in Blank's Pizza Hut commercials. You don't think that got to him? Blank was coming up, and that became a problem for Blank. Um, um, there's there's one story, like just one story that's been going on in the NFL, and I can only assume this is that one. But I didn't know they filmed Pizza Hut commercials. Yeah. But nevertheless, I'm going to say this is about Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown yeah. and the crazy Twitter beef yeah. that was going on with them, if you want to recap that real quick. So... Basically what it was, I don't know if it was specifically the Steelers, but they named, like, Player of the Year or something. And I think they named it as Juju. they gave Juju the, like, Steelers Player of the Year. Which, like, deservedly so, because Antonio Brown was, like, kind of out for a lot of the season. Like, didn't he sit out towards the end and everything? So, like... Or he was hurt or something. But, but, like, yeah. Like, clearly deserved. Also, like, you're not going to give it to the guy who just kind of dipped on you guys. Like... And had a huge problem with the coaching as well as his quarterback. Right. You're not giving it to him. So, goes to Juju. And Antonio Brown is acting like a five-year-old. And calls him out on it. And says, like, oh, he dropped the reception, though. Mm. Uh, that would have sent... Or <coughs> fumbled the season away. Fumbled the season yeah. away, yeah. So, Juju comes back and was like, <laughs> bro, like... What are you talking He's about? Like, like, I've only shown you, like, love. Only like, showed you love and respect. Like, uh, I remember when Antonio Brown did finally get on a new team. Like, I think him posting conversations with Juju or something. It was all, like, friendly and Juju everything. Juju congratulated him. Yeah. I, I remember that. Like, I, like, just, he's a good guy. And then 
Antonio Brown goes out and does this. And one tweet that I saw that I loved was that Antonio Brown is the actually the player that everyone thinks Odell is. Yeah. Which oh my is gosh, very yeah. true. Yeah. Like, Odell really hasn't done anything that terrible, especially in terms of, like, chemistry. He maybe called out Eli one time, but, like, kind of deservedly <laughs> so. Like, this is no reason to call out Juju. And Antonio Brown just had a problem with his quarterback, his coach, and his wide receiver, too. So, like, clearly he's a cancer. Clearly he's a problem. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. don't know how this is going to work with the Raiders when you're struggling with a quarterback in Derek Carr. John Gruden seems like... He doesn't really know what's going on half the time. <laughs> I just and and then also you you have a veteran guy like Marshawn Lynch still hanging around. Yeah, this is like recipe for disaster, and I don't think this is going to go well. I don't think the Raiders are going to have any true success next year. I still low key think, despite the Derek Carr contract, that Kyler Murray ends up an Oakland Raider. Uh, that they trade up to number one. You know, the Cardinals have just been baiting a team to make this move. And then they give up a ton to, you know, just switch quarterbacks game. Because yeah. John Gruden enjoys that. And then Kyler Murray, or Antonio Brown may be the perfect wide receiver for Kyler Murray to have to adjust to the NFL. But at the same time, this could also just provide another superstar who could get in with even more beef. I mean, Murray's been kind of awkward in terms of explaining why he picked the NFL over the MLB. There's been some weird uh, interviews there. And I could see him being that kind of guy who turns on a person in the locker room as well. You know, not to make an assumption about this player who hasn't even made it to the NFL yet, but I wouldn't be surprised, and especially with the beef that AB just starts. I also really quickly want to point out that Le'Veon Bell, I just became more of a fan of him recently. Oh, yes, I did see that as well. This was great. Yeah, so he got a text from James Conner, who obviously took over the role of starting running back on the Steelers for him as Le'Veon set out the season. And so it read, what's up, bro? Just reaching out. Social media got dudes acting crazy, and it got me thinking you was always a real one. Never talked bad about nobody, and it was always solid. I appreciate that. Congrats on the new deal. You weathered the storm and came out stronger. Like you always say, all positive vibes. Do your thing, Brody. And then Le'Veon said, I usually don't post private conversations, but this text just hit me so differently. I love you to death, bro. And James Conner responded, love you too, bro. Like, this is what teammates should do. Yeah. And what you should want from the guy who was starting over you who left or the guy who was backing you up and took over your role and did so well. This is how A.B. and Juju should be. Yeah, and I mean, Juju reached out to A.B. before he was even on the team looking for advice. A.B. put that on his account thinking it made Juju look worse. That makes him look better. It literally made him look so much better. It made... <laughs> I, uh, like, I don't understand. Antonio Brown is actually my least favorite NFL player Same. now. I, I said that, too. I, I think, I, think I tweeted that. I think yeah. he's such a jerk. Like... <laughs> This is ridiculous. Juju actually kind of went up for me as oh, well. Oh, he was already he one was of my already, favorites. Yeah, I like Juju a lot. Yeah. But like the after, young Steelers, I think, are kind of more likable than the old ones. Well, I think Big Ben needs to go soon and Mason Rudolph take over with that um, cool young core. Yeah. I like that. I like that three of him, James Conner, and Juju. I think that's a good start to a team. I mean, there's the, not going to be a time of like absolute devastation for the Steelers, I feel like. It's just how M- or MLB, geez. how NFL ready is Mason Rudolph is the only question. I think he's going to be good. Yeah. And, and I know it, he was a guy that Belichick had been looking at. I would root for that Steelers team, and I, I don't... I don't particularly like the Steelers, I but I kind of like, the like Steelers. Also, kind of a fan of Le'Veon Bell in the new Jets uniforms. I think he looks Ooh, pretty sick. Yeah. And I actually really like those uniforms. But That's kind of hot take. A lot of people kinda. did not like them, but I think it's awesome. They and just, I think it's a great time to rebrand your uniform. Oh. Or, like, do some kind of change. So totally. Like, 
But it, it, at the same time, it looks still kind of college-y to me. You know, I think like, it's dope. I, think it's I, dope. I think they might look good on the field, but it, it was kind of a surprise when they were first revealed, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so that was a very strange beef. And not really looking like it's going to be resolved anytime soon, but just your point about AB and Odell, I've heard Odell get so much trash for being that kind of drama in the locker room. And and the New York media did it to him, you know, and this is again why I don't know if KD or Kyrie can handle it, because Odell, in my opinion, handled it pretty well. You I didn't know, think he was too bad. He yeah. had some emotions on the sideline, which were blown up, and it is funny when he kicks uh, like a practice uh, net or whatever, and it hits him in the head, like that is funny. But it was just blown out of proportion that he's I, got anger management. Like you I know. think Odell is going to have a fantastic year. Oh, same. He's got I, so much to prove. Even even if he gets angry or anything, he has literally his best friend there to mm-hmm. like cool him down. And, and Jarvis is like kind of a cool headed dude. Like he yes, has his yes, moments, he is. Yes, he is. but he's fairly cool headed. Now Baker, in an interview before he was drafted last year said the ideal situation for him was the Giants because of Odell, Evan Ingram, etc. You know, obviously Saquon wasn't there yet, but imagine him with Sterling Shepard and those other guys I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the Giants didn't have the opportunity to take him there. But that, you know... It, it, yeah, it, I mean, I remember early on really wanting Baker for totally. the Giants. And, you know, his draft stock just rose. Yeah. But... You know, I mean, he's got Odell, and Evan Engram can easily be replaced with Njoku. Like, that team oh, is yeah. so Those solid. Those are both young, promising tight ends. A little different speed for Engram, yeah. height for Njoku. But, yeah. I, like, I think... They're going to be fun. I, it's going to be awesome. They're going to be fun. That question earlier that we had about, are the Browns the best offense in the NFL? I really do think that they're going to be a contender. I mean, like, what does best even mean? Like, I clearly think right now think they are going question. to be the <laughs> most fun offense yes. to watch. Yes, totally. And I think that qualifies as best and i'm gonna right. say browns have the best offense there you in the go. NFL. i'm just saying like chiefs and uh yeah but like even then that's like, a big story right there oh yeah yankee severino is out at least six more weeks shut down with a grade two lat strain that's a rough look yeah. um well that can that can segue my us. fantasy team too I that can segue us to the mlb yeah this is a rough look uh this is my positive story we'll so try. it's probably not gonna be about yankee injuries um okay the person who's t- uh, talking is the person this is about. Uh, just say maybe why or what he's talking about. Yeah. It should be pretty easy. I think it's just knowing you're in a good spot to hit when you get up there, being in the right position feet-wise. Now I'm really looking when I'm getting good, or when I'm going good, where I'm at, what's my setup, and trying to consistently go to the plate and come up with that. It's been working, obviously, the last few games. Um, I'm just going to repeat my answer is Gary Sanchez. <sighs> I feel like it has to be. No, I mean, I wanted to talk about it. It was so. I lit. didn't want to be a homer. All right, I wanted to go outside. Again, let me think again. Outside New York here. Oh. Um, I was kind of. I was kind of talking about fantasy before. Okay. And how that might apply to you. Yes. Um. <laughs> I'm maybe gonna say Trout. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's Trout. <laughs> Do you know what he did this yeah, week? Yeah, he had a grand slam. Not just that. I remember that one. Though. Not just that. He put up he dumb has, that day. He has a home run in each of his last four games against the Rangers, who we he went six for eleven against with five homers. Excuse me, not just four, nine RBI, six walks, and a hit by pitch. He reached base thirteen times in a four game series. He utterly destroyed the Rangers, um, and he's just proving why he is the best player in baseball, the highest paid player in baseball. And the star of your uh, fantasy baseball yes. team. Um, so Mike Trout is back. And why I want to bring this up is 
something we've talked about in the past is that the MLB needs to make their league about the players in order to bring in popularity. And how could you have that more than the Mike Trout-Christian Yelich battle where Trout robbed a Christian Yelich home run or this series against the Rangers where Trout just goes off? And I don't want baseball to become a sport that's dominated by superstars where one player can carry a team, and I don't think that'll ever happen based on how the game works. But at the same time, oh my goodness, like how good was Mike Trout this week? That's crazy. Mike Trout is just... Um, on another he's, level. He's something else. And, I mean, yes, Gary Sanchez had a tremendous week as well. He did hit three homers in the game. And, you know, we're looking for all the bright spots we can get as Yankee fans with an injured core right now. Um, in fact, uh, I asked for some input from our listeners, and Jack Butterfield wanted me to point out that the Yankees have 11 guys on the injured list, which he wrote disabled list because he will never call it the injured list. <laughs> um, it's the most in the league. And they've combined for 22 All-Stars, yet they still have a better record than the Red Sox. So that's cool. Um, we're playing the Astros tonight. We lost last night in a heartbreaker. But we looked really good against Justin Verlander. Yeah, I, I think we can get a win in this series, so that would be pretty dope. But yeah, back to the Angels quickly before I hand it back to you. I think they finally... I think Trout has just gotten so tired of missing the playoffs. And he committed to the team... He, he wanted the money, obviously, but he's not going to Philly or he's not going anywhere where he could win the playoffs easier. So I think it's hilarious, not hilarious, I think it's awesome, excuse me, that he's just, like, putting the team on his back, you know, and, like, he's so tired of missing the playoffs that he's just become superhuman, even more so than he already is. But he kind of has players backing him up as well. Justin Bohr finally hit his first homer as an angel. Uh, Shohei Otani is now only a hitter, and I can't remember if he's playing yet, but I'm just excited for him to be back. He was such a phenom last year. Watch out for the Angels. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Dan really quickly wants me to shout out his favorite player, <sighs> Johan Moncada, for being a stud so far. Um, so there you go, buddy. The Sox have a <laughs> sick record, too, right? <laughs> I think... Maybe better than the Red Sox. Maybe the White Sox are the better uh, Sox so far in terms of the standings. But we'll see. So, yeah, shout out to Yoan Mankata. And let's hand it back to you for our final quote. And finally, the topic we were supposed to talk about earlier, the college basketball championship. All right. I'm going to go with my other quote that I he had, took a giant picture of. He had two quotes. One was uh, from Instagram and one was just a quote. All right. Going with the Instagram one. Here we go. Here we go. I just feel so bad for ESPN's blank, and this is a person. He said he hated watching us, and he had to watch us every single round of the tournament. I feel so bad for him. It must have been so hard for him. Wow. So okay. this is a player on a team in the final mm-hmm. about an ESPN personality. I mean, okay, all right. So there's just, like, three players that come to mind with Virginia, and then, like, two or three but really just one espn personality that come to mind i'm gonna say i gotta stop hitting the microphone with uh, my glasses sorry uh but i'm gonna say that it's kyle guy about stephen a smith so it's half right stephen a smith is right it was actually ty jerome so yeah i had three it was those two and deandre hunter okay ty jerome about stephen a interesting huh so I don't know. I I just was like kind of disappointed this year. Like even though this game went to overtime and it was it like technically was a good game. I mean, it's always a good game. It always <laughs> is, but like like th- this was like no other or like not like no other. It was like every other like 
went to overtime, like was kind of expecting it. And I don't know. I just didn't feel anything when Virginia won. And I don't, I think I would have felt a little bit more if Texas Tech did. But at the same time, like, I really just did not care that much about Same. this final. Same. I, I mean, I don't think it's at a discredit to either team. I don't personally like UVA. As for Texas Tech, I like them. I thought it was a cool story, despite them only being a three seed. You know, it's the fact that both of those teams have never been there before. I just um, think that, like, this year was so dominated by big-name stars that, like, there wasn't enough of, like, a big name team to come through uh-huh. with a potential like solid star and make it make things interesting. Like clear like obviously the big name stars go out slightly earlier because they're on different teams and stuff. Yeah. But I think next year is like team heavy dominated. Like thinking of like Michigan State going into next year, like they're gonna be very good. Um it's mm-hmm. gonna be exciting to see like Florida is a good team throwing Scotty Lewis into that yeah. team. Like, Villanova's a solid team throwing Brian Antoine. Wherever uh, Cole Anthony winds up is going to be pretty cool. I'm going to shout out Arizona. They have Nico Mannion, I believe, yes. another recruit as well. They're just going like, to be a cool team to watch. That's cool to watch. I, I also think I'd like Cole Anthony to go to Oregon, Yeah, Oregon, and play there. I think that would make that team really, really good. No, there's, there's a good spread, like a good amount of parity that we should see next year. Well, this year just seems so dominated by those three teams in the ACC. Well, the thing is, when you have three of the top, literally the top three guys mm-hmm. from high school going to Duke. Was Cam Duke, number three? I think he may have been I four. mean, it's the top two. But regardless, and then, yeah, like, exactly. that is, like, Cam Reddish could have easily gone to, you know, any other school. Or Zion could have gone to a different school. And you could have split them up and had these really good teams centered around a star. Yeah. And it just wasn't that because they once, probably would work better. Exactly. You know, back to once, your uh, Thanksgiving analogy yeah, last week. Once Duke loses, you lose automatically three future NBA stars, mm-hmm. and like top guy, top five guys from the draft, you're losing. Yeah. So like it makes the rest of the league boring. You lose a guy like John Morant who's like in that in between where he wasn't at a good enough school. So then you lose him, and then that's annoying because you you lost out on him. Then yeah. you have like. Uh, you know, normal upset stuff. You you have like Bull Bull, who's a very talked about high star, and he's out for most of the season. And Oregon is is now out, and then you have, you know, UNC who has some good guys on there, but you know they couldn't pull it together. You lose more stars. It's mm-hmm. just, I think that the John Morant, uh, Marcus Howard first round matchup yeah. was kind of a bad thing. Unlucky because or maybe it, it just yeah. both you you were losing one NBA star in that game. Right. As opposed to like another game where there isn't a single future NBA star playing. Yeah. So this was a wackier. I think it's partly because of how the brackets worked out. I wasn't a huge fan of the regions this year. Uh but going forward, I, I just think it was an off year for March Madness. We got some cool stuff, don't get me wrong. Like yeah. this college basketball season was exciting for you know, Duke or John Moran and getting to see these guys play. But all in all, it was just kind of a dead year. Zion popped up nine times in the One Shining Moment video, which pissed me off mm. because I think he appeared more times than Virginia or Texas Tech yeah. or maybe more than them combined or something. So it's a little crazy that even the official NCAA like account on social media is still pushing Zion as like their only star. They're getting a little too star heavy. Where like with the MLB, you can need some more focus on the stars and they're doing that. Meanwhile, the NBA and NCAA, I feel like, are focusing too much on just certain players. You have to spread the wealth if you want more interest, and they didn't do that 
that well this year. So real quick, before we leave, um, Hayden Lang, shout out to you, just sent me the way too early top 10 March Madness rankings courtesy of ESPN. Um, number 10, Ohio State. Number 9, Maryland Terps. That's probably why he sent it to me. Uh, number 8, Gonzaga. Number 7, Michigan. Number 6 is Duke. Do you want to try to guess the top 5? Okay. Um, In no I, particular order. Just try to name 5 teams. Okay. I'm going to say UNC is in there somewhere. Surprisingly, no. Okay. They <laughs> did have a senior heavy team, so that's yeah. fine. I'm going to stick with Michigan State. I know they're good. Next they are number 1. Yeah, okay. Michigan State. Um, Let's... Throw. Mm. I'll help you out with Virginia, okay. who is the odds-on yeah. favorite to repeat, according to that's, somebody. That's stupid. I don't agree with that. Yeah. But yes, they're in there. Okay. Um, There's three more. Oregon, maybe? No. Okay. Mm. Brian Antoine's Villanova is in there. Okay, I was thinking Nova. Is Scotty's in there, too? No. Okay. But we're missing two more. One blue blood and one surprising one. Kentucky. Kentucky. And number two. Number two. Is the Marquette Golden Eagles? <laughs> wow, who I like that though. That's maybe cool. they're are they retaining Marcus Howard? Like that's the storyline I want to know. Mm. Shout out to Trey Jones who is staying for his sophomore. I think year. that's good for him. I think yes. he's, he's only going to have a. I, I bet he has a really good year next yeah. year. And as a UNC fan, I still kind of want to see like Trey Jones lead that team. I think that'd be awesome. It looks like Marcus Howard is staying, or at least he hasn't announced that he's going to, uh, to the NBA. He's five foot eleven, and makes sense that he's more of a college player than the NBA guy. If he stays, yeah, watch out for Marquette. I picked them to go far this year. I did that on this podcast, and it blew up in my face. But maybe watch out for next year, where he's even more of a developed player. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I just have some closing things about the final game, sure. or post final game. So, Kyle Guy, obviously filthy. Like, he had a fantastic game, was super clutch in the end. Does he get drafted if he does where? Uh, maybe mid-second round. I, I was going to say, like, late. Jalen Brunson was an early second round guy, and he's maybe, like, a slightly more athletic Kyle Guy. I, I don't really know where Kyle Guy lands, but he showed the clutch gene during, um, I don't know, during the season and definitely during the tournament. But so yeah. then my last question is what will be remembered longer the loss to umbc or this title so my take on that is if they didn't win this year they would no one would or no one would ever forget the umbc game and, and people will still remember it you know as the only time that a one seed has lost to a 16 but no the title redeems them and is more remembered it's uva's first appearance in the finals and they won it tony bennett deserved that as a coach and what a bounce back they had from that game. So I'm going to say the title. So my thing is, I think because of everything I said as to why this was a lame year, it actually will be the UMBC game. Mm. I think this is a great narrative to put on it that they didn't what they in, they didn't lose in the tournament. Yeah, since, they never lost again. Then. Yeah, that is awesome. That's cool. But put them in the final up against like Duke, and that's an awesome story. Sure, that's yeah. the story where like. I'm going to remember that title. To be honest, I'm not going to remember much of this Virginia team. No, neither will I. I'm going to remember that they did lose to UMBC. I'll remember Kyle Guy kind of killing my hopes with my bracket with Auburn losing because I had them in the finals. But otherwise, I just don't no. like Kyle Guy. Like, I want this He isn't to be a likable guy. Yeah, I don't like no him. No pun intended. But, I, I mean, I don't know. He, he showed up very clutch, and I, I got to give him that. But, yeah, I, he's not the most likable player. But, all right, so that's our show. I, I How many points did I get? You got two. 
Was I like two and I, a half? I think you had two and a half. All right, so I'll take a W this week. That's awesome. Um, one more shout out. Daniel says Josh Allen is a underrated player to watch. This I've season. already <laughs> told you, Daniel. All right, maybe Daniel, he means Josh Allen like the the pass rusher. Okay, Josh Allen the pass rusher <laughs> is probably a better quarterback than Josh Allen of the Bills. But oh wow, no hot take. <laughs> but no, like Josh Allen is. Uh, how many times must I tell you, old man? <laughs> Josh Allen is, you know, great at the... He has a cannon. I'm not going to lie. Josh Allen has a cannon. But he is not going to be accurate or as accurate as a guy like Sam Darnold from the Jets, who I know you don't want to hear. But Sam Darnold is an accurate guy. I watched him and Josh Rosen have a shootout. Josh Allen, he was playing in Wyoming, and the only reason why he looked so good was because playing in his conference, he was able to literally just chuck the ball up and then he had receivers some good performances. Did, this receivers year. did most of the work, and he threw bombs. But the thing is, like those passes he got off won't happen in the NFL when he's playing these superstar corners. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's played him for a year. He looked okay. Also, Dwayne Wade just opened the game with the dunk. Shout oh, out I was Dwayne about Wade. to say, I'm we wearing this shirt right that. now. Yeah. Shout yeah. out Dwayne Wade, last home game. I'd like him to make the playoffs. Is, is he in the playoffs? Are they able to? Well, if they win tonight and then close their season with a win against the Nets, I think they squeak into the eight seed. So, And I'm okay. kind of rooting for that now yeah. that Brooklyn's in. We'll see. Shout out to D-Wade. Awesome video by Budweiser, actually, that we really recommend you watch. Cool commercial. Gives back to some people that... Or no, the people that he gave back to... Give back to him. If you want to know what I mean by that, watch the video. It's awesome. Also, Dirk Nowitzki's last game tonight as well as a Maverick. So, big night. Yes. So, thanks, guys, so much for listening. Um, And we'll be back next week, yeah, for the last one before uh, Easter break. All right, guys. I love you.